come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi. And welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. I'm your poltergeist, Mac. And this week we finished watching the second part of Grindhouse. We watched Death Proof. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen it before? Heck, even which version did you watch? I watched the version that came up first when I searched for it on Amazon. So whichever version that is, that's what I watched. Was it almost uh, two hours? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so interesting story. The wrath of God landed on Oklahoma a week ago. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you might have missed it, Mac. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, sw- 100 mile an hour winds swept through northeast Oklahoma and just it was a bad it was a bad weekend to be a tree in Oklahoma, to be honest. It, Just it, a, for about a half an hour, there was a tornado everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Northeast yeah. Oklahoma lived in a tornado for yeah. about anyway, just wiped out the tree population in Oklahoma and not incidentally wiped out power in Oklahoma. Really? Yes, Matt. <laughs> I, I know you weren't aware of this. <laughs> I <laughs> I will let Mac explain. No, oh, no, please, please continue. I'm I'm enjoying this. <laughs> so, it, it feels like something that did happen to somebody else. The way you're right. telling it. <laughs> yeah. So I lost power for a miserable, miserable three hours that <laughs> night. Such a suffering I endured. Oh, the pain, <laughs> the horror that I endured for my three hours without power. Oh, is that a vein on your head? <laughs> if, if we were having this conversation a day ago, I might have tried to punch you Zoom or no Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point of me saying this in the middle of the did you like it, did you not like it, is when I watched it a week ago, I hated this movie. I hated it so bad. I was, I watched it with, I watched the entire movie with this expression, <laughs> which only my co-podcast hosts can see but it was not a happy expression it was an Um, extreme frown i think that would be just yeah uh, a a ghastly shock if if you will (laughs) yeah uh, which began when we started filming on a girl's butt and (laughs) matured when we focused in on a girl holding her crotch and just did not improve from there um so if we had fil- if we filmed if we had recorded a week ago this would have been a podcast of be going on about how I hated it really badly and then I spent a week thinking about it and looking some stuff up and discovering what Zoe Bell as herself was all about and reading what Kurt Russell was thinking about in terms of his character's character and then I did what I swore I would not do, and I watched it a second time. And I still have some problems. I'm not 100% on this film, but there's some things about this film I really enjoyed. So. Anna, I Because I, I saw that text message. I, I'm, I'm in, that te- in, that, in that text group. So, 
you know what? I'll 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 take that W. You know, <laughs> <laughs> says the woman that has the death proof poster, or excuse me, the grindhouse poster behind her. You know what? I'll I'll take that W, Donna. I'm, her I'm head's sorry. blocking. Her head's blocking Planet Terror, by the way. Normally, when she's yeah. just she's like at an angle now, yeah. so all we see is death proof. So it's, <laughs> so it's, the suffering that I endured with my three hours without power was totally worth it. Mac, yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> was your week my week uh i i lost okay so let's see there's 24 hours in a day and i <laughs> lost power for six days so i lost power about 48 times more than you did um uh and uh i don't know if i'm the same person that went into the blackout <laughs> so i have these podcast notes and i have a vague memory of them sort of in a robocop sense where my vision blacks out and i and I have a very pixelated version of watching the movie. And what has the temperature been this last week? Uh, well, I, it's it, it has never been below ninety. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and those were the good days on ninety. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of days where we were ninety-seven, ninety-six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it's been really pleasant in your non-air conditioned house. Absolutely, it's been fantastic. I would do yeah. it again in the drop of a hat. Um, but death proof. Uh, <laughs> I I I like it. I had seen it before. Whereas I I my memory was very fuzzy on whether or not I had seen Planet Terror before. I owned Death Proof, so I I, I didn't have to go hunting for it. That's a pretty good sign of w where my loyalties would lie. Um, so yes, I like it. I I would. I'm t hesitant to say it is maybe Tarantino's weakest film, with the caveat that it's weak on purpose to to fit into that grindhouse genre for lack of a better word um i think russell's good i think the ladies are quite good um i i think the story is very lopsided and the pacing's all over the place but again i think that's intentional so that's where i'm at all right uh i had seen this before uh, as i previously shared during planet terror um saw this in the theaters i own it it's you know i don't disagree with this being tarantino's weakest but i like that caveat that it's possibly on purpose um no i i like death proof i think it's super quotable as we were discussing rule poll and quote um donna had some suggestions and i finished the line like <laughs> <laughs> so um this is another one at a previous job i would listen to the soundtrack uh quite a bit and just in yeah so yeah i I'm, I'm always here for death proof and it's it's good stuff to me and i i like it so uh for those of you that don't know what death proof is about our good good buddies in max nemesis at imdb <laughs> public service company of oklahoma is doing movie synopses now <laughs> uh, hey don't don't even bother looking on imdb this entire movie is a tutorial it's it's the don't part of the how to avoid doing the male gaze in a movie <laughs> <laughs> you're not um, wrong there no. but but really what it's about is what if michael myers was a hollywood stuntman but laurie strode was an even better stunt woman yeah i like that i don't think imdb is going to agree with you 
because what they think this is about is two separate sets of voluptuous women are stalked at different times by a scarred stuntman who uses his death-proof cars to execute his murderous plans. I mean, I I appreciate the, the are, vocab word there. There are several words in there that I take issue with. Um, by and large, these are Hollywood skinny women. Voluptuous is... I mean... I'll give that one a pass. All right. There was an entire conversation about how big Julia's ass was. Yeah. And yeah. we got a good look at Julia's ass. We yeah. did. We did. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. But it's it, not big. No. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but Hollywood standards, it's a it's big. I think that's the Yeah. But voluptuous is the wrong word. Le mot juste. The IMDB does not. <laughs> um Stunt cars? Did he was he driving multiple cars in the yes. movie? Yeah, okay, yeah. I again, it was a different person who saw the movie, so you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> um, and murderous plans. I mean, he did have a plan because there were pictures taken, very serial killer esque. He, he has I, he has an mo, but he is an impulsive, disorganized killer. I think the whole point as we segue just immediately into our, I, I think the whole, the whole point of the second half of the movie is he acted impulsively in the second half and he, he had meticulous plans in the first half and he acted impulsively in the second half. And that's what got him in trouble. Agreed. I like that. So uh, I, ha I have questions about like three words in there, voluptuous <laughs> uh, plans. And I'll, I'll, I'll see the cars thing all right <laughs> i was not expecting imdb's summary to cause already from the get-go such a uh such a controversy that was not a big ass hey, now, have you been on this show before I, oh, i've been on this show but most <laughs> of the time it is just like yeah shenanigans imdb blah 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 like no this was a, a specific unpacking yeah yeah a very specific unpacking but then again as you said you are a different person than last week macula so I've seen some stuff. I've felt some things. It's a different world now. Yeah, the world is not so bright and shiny to you anymore. And that makes me a little sad, Mac. That makes me a little yeah, sad. Yeah, no, I'll get there. It's just, there's probably something I left behind in the uh, in the blackout. And then that's going to be your next book, What I Left Behind in the Blackout. That's a fantastic title. Oh, thank you. <laughs> then I got to specify which blackout, because Tulsa is a, 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 occasionally a third world nation. Every once in a while, just... As a treat, we try it. We dabble. We dabble in it. Yeah. All right, but, but back still, to this. It's <laughs> a great title. I I love the title. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All yeah, right. It's a good title for like an anthology. All yeah. blackout themed horror stories. Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking ourselves into doing something we ought not? But yeah, that's like I'm getting an eye twitch, so I've, I've then my work is done that I have I, I have been the muse to my two writer friends my work is done so with this film one of the things I do love is that it does have a good slow buildup of menace especially with that first group of friends that you're just you feel off like when she's seen the car drive by like there's just something just not I don't want to say icky is the wrong word but you're just there's a dread mm-hmm and for me personally, and I think this is also the brilliant casting of Russell, is that when you see him, 
you're immediately relaxed because you're like, oh, Kurt Russell, normally he plays solid dudes that he is, you know, whatever I was feeling 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago, you know what? It's okay because you know what? Kurt Russell's going to handle that shit. So we're we're good. And it, I mean, even though knowing, yes, he is Stuntman Mike, but it just kind of lulls you into that security like, oh, okay. Whew, we're. I, I got to tell you, though. Something I I was going to su- suggest as a rule last week, and I wanted to suggest as a rule, never, ever, ever show me a close-up of Kurt Russell eating a nachos grande <laughs> platter ever again. Oh, my God. Barf. Although those nachos look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Not going into his greasy mouth, they don't. No. Yeah, it changes once it's about the consumption, but those nachos look dope as hell. That took a lot of the "oh, it's Kurt Russell" off of Kurt Russell for me because but it, that it's was an, gross. It's interesting. Like handsome, beautiful Hollywood people look as gross as anybody when they're eating. Yeah, special a nacho nachos grande platter. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's no sexy way to eat greasy food, regardless of what. Carl's Jr. commercials might try to insist. I actually went and looked up Snake Plissken because I remember Snake Plissken having a scar. And he, he not there he doesn't. Snake Plissken does not have a scar there at any rate. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking, are they trying to make me think of Snake? No. No. They're not. So, but uh, yeah, you're right. Kurt Russell with his glorious, glorious hair and his... Uh, you know, rugged face. It's just brilliant casting. Like, mm-hmm. I, it really is. Like, I I love when actors can do that. Like, you have a certain mindset of actors. Like, oh, I'm okay. Like, there are just certain actors that you feel that way with. I'm okay. I'm safe. And then when it turns, because like, yeah, when he looks at the camera and smirks, you're like, oh, shit, this is, I'm going to need to start getting scared real fast you know (laughs) also i think the inclusion of russell like there's a carpenter vibe in both of these movies and i think it's even amped up a little bit here but it's in subtle ways because what's a really what's a really not on the nose way to up your carpenter quotient put kurt russell in there like i'm automatically like 20 percent there on the carpenter meter if kurt russell exists yeah yeah so we mentioned uh, the fixation on on women's posteriors earlier. And legs and feet. Well, I mean, it's not well, a Tarantino movie without feet. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's, it's the old one. But he, like, I was surprised by how little feet there were in this film. Little feet. Not tiny feet, but little no, no. Uh, amounts of feet relative to Tarantino. Then you watched, you didn't see the version Donna and I watched, because I can see it on Donna's face, because the extended cut of Death Proof, you meet the second set of women sooner, and you get, also see a little bit more of Stuntman Mike stalking I think I did. I'm still judging it uh, against Tarantino's filmography. Well, because, like, Russell flat out licks Rosario Dawson's feet. Like, as she's asleep in the car, her feet are hanging out. And yeah. and because uh, Mary Elizabeth is singing, Rosario Dawson's feet are hanging out the car and Russell tosses his keys and he goes over and just full on licks them like he's a puppy dog. Yeah. But even and, then, 
less feet than the normal Tarantino movie. But we've never seen in a Tarantino film, I I don't think, somebody physically licking the feet. Nobody yes, physically will... licking the feet, but, I mean, Pulp Fiction has a whole subplot of somebody getting killed because, over a foot massage. True, true. But there were foot mas- there was multiple mentions of foot massages in this movie and there were there were feet the the film opened on feet there were feet sticking out of multiple car windows i do not think this movie was a no there were plenty of feet and there was a lot of leg a lot of leg maybe it's that he threw in leg and ass in there so the whole mixture felt off whereas in a regular tarantino movie the only sexual part of a woman's body for him is the foot he threw in the conventional right so you're suggesting that he was disguising the feet by including the body part the feet were attached to more that i think he has logged onto the internet once in the last 30 years and was a little annoyed with (laughs) tarantino and feet jokes and, and decided to throw people off the the trail a little bit but then again ultimately is a foot fetishist and couldn't not put the feet in there yeah yeah so many feet a lot of feet (laughs) i i was surprised by the amount of feet restraint he he exercised here and see i thought this was just because of the actual licking of the feet i was like oh okay we're just weird i think i saw the same version so i uh, the foot licking must not have registered for me i mean i must have been in full tarantino mode where i was like oh that's that's just that's just cute man (laughs) yeah maybe so but once again different macula yeah on the other side so Uh, i i do not trust my own memories or (laughs) observations Uh, (laughs) lost lost some brain cells in the in the (laughs) lost they're there they're just sort of fricasseed on the edges there (laughs) still cooling down <laughs> a friend of mine wrote a poem in homage to the power outage called Illusion, where he imagined the um ceiling fan moving. <laughs> Pretty good little little bit. Uh, but that's not this movie. Um, so I think one of the problems I have with Tarantino in general is he tends to write dialogue that I think we're supposed to just stop and go, oh, how clever is this dialogue that that seems to be the point of the dialogue is we're all supposed to sit back and go oh look how clever he wrote some really clever dialogue also he's so edgy because he uses the n-word yeah but he checked with his black friend samuel L. jackson so he's in the clear i'm not, that's not my actual opinion <laughs> on it i i was facetiously offering a, a defense for yes. the record I, I I got that. I got yeah. that. But perhaps it's best that you said it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's just like there's there's just some dialogue that is just sitting out there. Like why why like the entire conversation about um, Abernathy not sleeping with her boyfriend could have been a much shorter conversation. For instance, could have been a much shorter conversation. And I wasn't that impressed with the clever dialogue. I just, I'll just throw that out there. Just throw that out there. Nor was I impressed with the edginess of the N-word being used multiple times in that conversation. On the other hand, 
I did love the conversation where Tom Jode referred to Kim as the colored girl and Rosario Dawson responded with, yes, she is the girl of color. I did enjoy that. That was some good dialogue. I liked that. Good job, Q. I relinquished the floor. <laughs> the microphone. I relinquished the microphone. <laughs> I was just going to talk about that first car crash. That was where I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, let's go there. Uh, so, yeah, they got every dollar they spent with KNB for the special effect because of just how that that looked. Uh, part of KNB is Greg Nicotero and Berger. Uh, as you know, Greg Nicotero right, is now known because of his involvement with The Walking Dead, but he studied under Tom Savini and yeah, all of K K and B's effects just, it shows and it's so gonzo. Cause you see it four different times and what happens to each of them. And it is just, and that song playing, cause that is such a, a upbeat song. And yeah, it is agreed. Just, oof, chef's kiss on that. The thing I missed. And in fact, on this viewing, I actually rewound to watch it again i wanted to see pam's body i wanted to see pam's body fly through the windshield um which it should have it absolutely should have at that speed it absolutely should have flown through the windshield unless his windshield is some sort of heavily reinforced glass that wouldn't break in that way i think it was supposed to be because where pam was sitting was where the cameraman would sit. So if he's crashing, if they're crashing the car and they're getting POV shots from the from the seat, I think it was, that's why he kept having to slam her in and there was no seat belt. I think that's why Pam's didn't, is just that reinforcement. I did read an interesting bit of trivia that this uh, that this whole movie came about because of a conversation Quentin was having with I think it was Sean Penn where they were discussing he wanted a safe car and mentioned a Volvo or something and Sean Penn was like or you could just take your car to the to, to some stuntmen and have them death proof it for you and he was just really struck by that word and then wrote a whole movie based around that word that's very Tarantino just of like I like this word so I'm going to write an entire yeah I think the things that I don't like about this movie are all going to be things I don't like about Tarantino in general and things I don't like about Grindhouse because I think I think I just don't like Grindhouse movies. So by, by that token, your review is that he probably hit the mark. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think he probably made a really good Grindhouse movie and I don't like Grindhouse movies. That's fair. Um, That's fair. But one of my problems with this movie in particular is the fact that stuntman Mike succeeded in his plan so well. I I didn't like that the first set of girls never saw it coming. Never. They the problem is they didn't have any moment of outside of Arlene, who you know was the audience surrogate for the dread. Um, they didn't have that moment. You know that rising fear. Each one of them had that second of fear when he turned the headlights on, but they were just having a good time. They were happy. And outside of Arlene, who had that growing fear with the audience, there was there was no running away. There was no screaming. There was no anything. They just were bopping along to a happy song and then they were dead. And 
that doesn't feel like horror to me. So we did get our horror later on, of course, when we had the amazing Zoe Bell on the hood of the car. And, um, you know, she's just so likable that watching her be scared was scary. Uh, but with the first set of girls, that just felt very anticlimactic to me that they just died. Yeah, I think that goes to what I was saying, that the pacing is off. But again, it feels intentional. Like yeah. he, is, he, he is making a, a bad movie, but he's doing it very well. And see, and that's my problem is the pacing of the first half. And sometimes I equate it to the characters that I'm, I'm not that I'm wanting anything to happen to them, but they are not as likable to me as mm. Zoe, Abernathy, Lee, and Kim. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing against, that is nothing against them. It's just, you know, people that I would hang out with that first set, I would not hang out with them. No, 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 no offense. I could see myself having conversations with the second set and being friends with them. And I think that's for me where the pacing gets wonky. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yep. Yeah, let's entertain Julia. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Great. It, yeah. It, it almost felt like these were episodes of a TV series, two episodes that were jammed together as a feature for other film markets, mm. which happened with a lot of TV shows like Mission Impossible, like jammed two of their episodes together and released it as a feature in Europe. Wow. Um, mm. And I think that would have had the same kind of pacing problems because it has this one story and it ends and it has another story with one character connecting the two. That may have been what he was going for. Yeah. yeah. Which, in which case he hit the mark. Yeah. So, but yeah, they spent an awful lot of time developing the characters of people that were just going to die in an instant with no. That's a pretty big horror complaint, though. Like, yeah, a, a macro horror. True. But in most horror stories, you do get to see them try to survive. True. Usually, oh, yeah. you know, there's usually the one person who dies before, you know, there's they're in a horror movie. But. Most of the time, you get to see them try to survive. Unless that he's what he was going for with that first set that you think Arlene's your final girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she recognizes the unease. Like she she does a lot of final girl things. Like it's very, what is it? The original Friday the 13th, who we think is going, that that hitchhiker we think is going to be our final girl who we were with. And then it's like, oh, no, it is not her so it it could have been something like that but i don't know yeah i don't know but that that was my objection with the first half but then we get to the second half which is a much better part of the movie um unfortunately on my first watching i was just so put out with quentin <laughs> that i couldn't enjoy it but then we have what i read in my notes because my handwriting is so bad the check off sex positions scene <laughs> I have lots of questions done. <laughs> yeah, I finally <laughs> realized that what it says is the Chekhov's exposition, oh. scene, which includes Zoe the cat and Kim has a gun and just like, here's the information you need to understand the rest of the movie. <laughs> so we establish all of the stuff 
that's going to come up in the rest of the movie. And then we go ahead and, you know, Kim is a stunt driver. Zoe is a stunt person. Later on, we get Lee as an actress. And Abernathy is... She does makeup. Uh, she's a makeup artist. So, okay. But she's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. But she's a makeup artist. So, um, which was another scene that seemed like it just existed so that we could know that Quentin Tarantino writes edgy, cool dialogue. That's it. I'm done. So you uh, you did segue into one of my other notes, which is Zoe Bell. I This movie introduced me to Zoe Bell, and she's such a fucking delight. And so just love 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 her love her want only the best for her and i think that's tarantino's less talked about strength people talk about the dialogue people talk about the stylistic choices his his eye for not just casting but unorthodox casting he saw her and knew she would pop on film that she has such a presence that she could be the star of the movie even though she's not interested in being a quote-unquote movie star Mm-hmm. yeah and something i noticed on the second watching is there's very little of that male gaze framing with her no there's substantially not. less with the second group substantially less that's that's fair with yeah. lee in that cheerleader outfit there was there was some there yeah. was definitely there's a definitely there's a hot chick in a cheerleader outfit going on the closest thing we got with zoe was the, the way her shirt rode up when she was on the hood of the car but I don't think you can avoid the shirt riding up when you're on the hood of the car. I just, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a pass on that. Well, it wasn't like she was, it was a normal shirt. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a crop top or anything like it was a normal, like. It wasn't painted on her? No, it was not. So I, I don't know what that means that he wasn't doing that shit with her, but I noted it. Well, and that's, I don't, for me death proof especially that that second set does not work without casting a real stunt woman mm-hmm. i don't think oh yeah i don't think it, it can work i think you need someone and then you get someone that is electrifying as bell is on camera makes it even better because then you really care because you have spent this time you know her and how she is and you and so yeah, when she is doing something incredibly dumb at first, like there's a fantastic shot where they focus on Abernathy as they're as they're starting to play ship's mast, and she is terrified, but then she finally gets to see how good her friend is, like at what she does, and then she's she's in it. She is just like I love that transition shot, that close up of Dawson's face of just being terrified and then just excited and mm-hmm. yeah i don't think i don't think it works just because of the close-ups that they do and you do feel the danger yeah yeah that whole sequence was just amazing oh. and delightful and i i just really loved all four of those i just loved all four well i don't know lee was was not a fantastic character and you know she got dumped yeah, we didn't get to know Lee, but yeah, the the three in the car, just a lot of fun. Uh, I, I I went searching through Kurt Russell's filmography and learned that not only did he play Elvis in Carpenter's TV movie, he was the voice of Elvis in Forrest Gump. 
Mm-hmm. I did not know that before. Yep. I think I did uh, know that actually. That was incredible news to me. I was like, holy shit, Kurt Russell's just hiding in one of those uh, iconic movies. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Good for him. Well, and that John Wayne he did. I'm not sure if that was a really good John Wayne or if that was a really good parody of John Wayne. But whichever it was, pretty good. It was demonstrably John Wayne, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh... Uh, our poll really isn't going to compare it much to Planet Terror, but I did have one. I think I prefer this one to Planet Terror just generally, but I think what this one does better is play with the idea of bad film reels better, where Planet Terror just throws that one gag in the middle of it that a reel is missing. And the more I think about it, like, why would the exhibitor even try to exhibit that with a reel missing? Maybe Mm -hmm. some really, really down and dirty grindhouse exhibitors would try to do that but it just feels like okay you lost the movie like there's a whole fucking reel missing Mm -hmm. what this one does is at the points where the the theoretical reel changes it feels like it's missing several seconds so it feels like the tail end of the reels have been damaged and that makes more sense as a construction of a damaged movie yes yeah exactly like it like it lost a few seconds not not lost a whole an ass yeah. reel, yeah, which was fun in Planet Terror. But the more I thought about, it, like, I, I think they would just stop showing that movie if they were missing a whole ass five to ten minutes of it. But mm-hmm. what do I know? I mean, I think it's definitely between the two. Tarantino understood the assignment. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. As I've stated, I love Planet Terror. I have fun with Planet Terror. Between yeah. the two, this is better. It is well done. It understood the assignment just an yeah. inch better. I think, yeah. like, Planet Terror feels like a Rodriguez movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whereas Death Proof feels a little bit like a Tarantino movie, but it also feels like a Grindhouse movie. Yeah. Who did Sin City? Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Okay. Well, if we don't have anything else, then let's say we jump into rule, poll, and quote. Now, Donna has our quote. I will tell you right now, we, the three of us, we came prepared. For quotes, <laughs> I, and none I, of us overlapped. We didn't. None of us had the same quote, but no. we all had three or four really solid choices. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, one of one of my favorites is "Whatever with your however," and uh, I got to catch my other girlfriends. Like, those are some of my favorites that I had brought. Not the one there that was, we there was we, moo motherfucker moo. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Macwell, I know you had one that you that you. You had a couple. Um, I'm afraid you're you're going to have to get scared. Dot 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 immediately. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything. I was just playing around. Uh, I'm not a cowboy, Pam. I'm a stuntman, but that's an easy <laughs> mistake to make. I think the closest we came to overlapping is that Mac and I had quite a few like Kurt Russell or Kurt Russell related <laughs> or, or about Russell. <laughs> Quotes. I think that was considering I'm spending my summer going through all of Carpenter's filmography. I've been spending a lot of time with Mr. Russell, and uh, I mean that's that's fine. He's got qualities, yeah. Yeah, but Donna, Donna had our quote, which is, "I I need just a second to get my solid Texas on here." Okay, I think I think I've achieved it. Shit, two tons of metal, two hundred miles an hour, flesh and bone, and plain old Newton. They all princess died. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a minute to ease into that, and apparently I'm not going to get out of it. 
<laughs> right away. Okay. You went left and you couldn't get out. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, went- sometimes it's hard to get out of that accent. Oh, I'm still there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Macula, you had a rule. Uh, always drive yourself. That would have saved everybody except for Kurt Russell, but Kurt Russell had to die. Yeah. Did he die? He was um, getting beaten to death by the time the movie cut out. I you know, think the boot heel to the face. That sounded pretty final. Yeah. That was a pretty wet, moist crunch. Considering this is a genre where Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis uh, survived the explosion of a hospital. Um, <laughs> I see what you're saying, but also at the same time, I'm you know, we don't have him in the ground. We don't have him in a uh, industrial <laughs> compactor or shredder. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a valid thought. I'm just, I'm just the boot to the face with the sound. That's, that's, that's my evidence. I'm not saying it's by horror standards. It's not concrete, No. but Donna, you have our poll. <laughs> okay. So they, um, they just went and left Lee with, um, a, a frightening dude. That's not our poll. Our poll is what will the sequel be? Okay. Why goes from why? the discussion before? Yeah. Yeah. So our my my opinion is they left Lee with this scary dude, which Lee didn't seem too happy about. So my opinion is the sequel is going to be them seeking revenge after they find what remains of Lee in the hog pen. And see, my sequel is uh they mention uh stuntman Mike's brother. And it's Stuntman Mike's brother getting revenge on that second set of girls. Sure. He's, he's gonna have he's gonna have a car. He's gonna know he's dealing with people in the industry, and that's that's my that's my and, nice. and, and in pure Friday the Thirteenth fashion, the brother becomes the star of the franchise for nine more sequels. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. Uh, I think I already dipped into it a little bit with what I was saying. I think uh, it, it wouldn't be, it's not necessarily the brother, but the opening scenes of the, the, the sequel are the convoluted contortions to say that Stuntman Mike lived. But he is so maimed that they couldn't get Kurt Russell anymore. So he's played by somebody else <laughs> for anywhere from three to seven direct-to-video sequels. <laughs> Uh, played by who, who's a bargain basement Kurt Russell? Um, oh gosh, I mean Madsen, really? If yeah, if, yeah, you, you could you could make that work. You could make um, him work. He'd be about the only one because I don't really want to say James Remar because I feel like sometimes he goes too Remar. menacing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he he can't for this pres- role. Yeah, this role was fine. But like I was thinking more just bargain basement Kurt Russell where you're not immediately yeah. on on the defensive. Yeah. Remar R. Madsen is a good jumping off point. We, we'll, yeah. we'll take some meetings, see if we can meet their quote and we'll 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 we'll, we'll proceed. After do that. nine of them after that. Yeah. And uh, he he would just spend uh, uh the, the cars would get increasingly ornate. They would spend all the money on the cars. And uh, you would lose somewhere the thread that uh, Stuntman Mike is just a Harvey Weinstein proxy with a souped up car. And just it would just be engines and blood 
for anywhere, probably about 70 minutes a pop once a year that just showed up in Blockbuster. Like, oh, shit, they made another one of those? <laughs> Russell, Russell's not doing these still, is he? Oh, good for him. He's out. Okay, well, good. Okay, well, I'm not going to watch it, but I, I just, I'm, I'm thrilled that those people found gainful employment for another year. I'm going to go move on. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first on Happy Place this week? I can go. Um, I just had a really good week with uh, teaching. I have this little shorthand for osmosis that for, uh, you know, osmosis has a fairly long um, definition of, you know, water moves from an area of low concentration of solutes to an area of high concentration of solutes. And it's long and cumbersome and hard. And I tend to just shorthand it as um, water goes where the stuff is. And we did a, a, a lab with Osmo. Don't, don't look at me like that, Mac. And we did. I this. was amused. I thought that was cool. I, oh. I, that helped me understand it. I, oh, okay. that was a that was a look of support, not a look of scoff. Oh, OK. I accept the look of support. And uh, so yes. we did this this lab this week with osmosis and the students had questions they had to answer. And I would go around and help them. And as I would go around and help them. And after after two or three questions, the whole table of students would look at me and go, water goes where the stuff is. And I would be like, yes. And it was just, it was good. It felt good. So That's good. Learning. Science. Science, nerd. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than nerd. Science, bitch. <laughs> This is the beginning of Donna's slow descent into uh, massive criminality. Yep. (laughs) Um, So my happy place this week. Uh, We just finished a uh, two-year-plus campaign last night. We were doing Star Wars D&D, and we finished last night. And it was just, we've been building to this point and just having a good time. And this is the closest my character ever, like in, in my history career of playing D&D has ever like come close to dying and I was okay with it like well I've had a good run on characters and I had a good run with her and if this is how I'm supposed to you know my character dies I'm okay with it it's the greater good and yeah but yeah we that was my happy place we finished our Star Wars D&D campaign and it's just it's been it's been a lot of fun a lot of shenanigans um a lot of uh, making editor Billy kind of shake his head like this since he was uh, our game master. And it was good stuff. But yeah. If you don't make your GM do that. Yeah. Well, I you're, mean, you're, you're not playing right. Right. You're you're playing wrong. That's just. <laughs> All right, Mac. The floor is yours. Well, I've got a happy place written down here. That was from a week ago. <laughs> but it's all different now. Right. I actually probably have, oddly enough, for for the amount of trauma I've been in this last week, I have probably a stockpile now of happy places. So I'm going to go ahead and do the happy place from the before time. The before Mac had this happy place. And I think since we're never going to see him again, it's probably important that we uh, we talk about this happy place. We acknowledge it. Um, yep. The uh, so. Guess what movie this summer I have seen more than once in the theaters? Anyone? Anyone? Guardians? No. Okay. Uh, any uh, Donna, do you have a guess? Spider-Verse. Good guess, but wrong. Oh. Uh, 
The Little Mermaid is the movie I've seen twice in the theater this summer. Okay. Uh, Went to see it with Laura first. And then the second, I took my niece, all of four years old, to go to the first movie theater in a movie with Uncle Mac. And, uh, you know, people, the response to the movie has been a little lukewarm. It's, you know, people have issues with it. Some of them are racist. Some of them are not. Um, But when there was the shot of Ariel in her cave of treasures, my niece, very well behaved for the movie for a four-year-old, to be sure, exclaimed, wow and you can't argue with that kind of a reaction to a movie no no that's fantastic that is a happy story indeed happened to a different guy happened to a different guy (laughs) this is this is not traditional for a happy place but i but i do want to tell this story because it reminds me of that um beauty and the beast was my kids first in the theater movie and they were entranced by the movie uh, until they got to the uh, villagers attack on the castle, at which point uh, they decided they were out and they got up and left. And then I made a decision that I, that in hindsight, perhaps I should have made a different decision, but I was invested in the movie. So I got up and got my kid and brought them back. (laughs) We watched the end of the movie, but I I will never forget my kid being like, nope, I don't want to watch this. And <laughs> leaving. <laughs> yeah, my niece had a, a, rea- a another reaction as the movie went on. Once the snacks ran out, because the movie's two hours and 15 minutes long, which is a big chore for wow. a four-year-old, I think. Right. Too long. A, a, a lot of very laudable things in that movie. It's bloated in the middle. Mm. And when the snacks ran out, her patience started to wane a little bit. Like, when is this movie over? And I'm like, they still have to, you know, get married and sail off into the sunset. Oh, okay. Movie's over, the lights go up. Uncle Mac, I've been sitting in this chair for so long. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a fair hit against the movie. You can't you can't argue with that either. No. <laughs> So would you and your niece recommend this movie? I she would, I think, ultimately. Uh if the movie were still playing, I think her patience would be would be thin. Uh but uh it's yeah, I, I think her review is perfect. There's a lot visually very impressive about the movie. Halle Bailey it, as the new Ariel is quite good. Some of the new songs are a little wonky around the edges, which is like my first critical thing I've ever said about Lynn Manuel Miranda, and it feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he wrote he wrote the new songs and they they either are unmemorable or actively annoying and that that's not great. It's too long. It's mm. just too long. She didn't have the vocabulary to express it, but she expressed it purely and concisely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Beyond Cabin. We have a Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods as well as a webpage beyond the cabin of the woods.com. I am on Twitter and Instagram as at Callista 77. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at dragon goblin. There's no I in goblin. I keep saying I'm going to leave Twitter and then I keep not doing it, but it is a fucking cesspool y'all. Okay. You're not wrong. 
I am at Party Apocalypse on Twitter, theoretically on Instagram, but also now on uh, Blue Sky, thanks to Editor Billy. He got me uh, uh, an invite into there. Uh, still haven't built anything on that yet, so we'll see. All, uh, also, PartyApocalypse.com for uh, this podcast and other fine podcasts, including The Holodeck is Broken uh, with myself, uh, Laura, Z, and Eris, and they have a show disorganized a criminal minds podcast that's them but not me and uh full runs of the fourth wall friendables two friends talking about hannibal lecter and as the myth turns books blogs movie reviews and nothing else the end as always thank you to our editor billy who uh, makes us sound very professional and fantastic thank you billy and thank you for listening please rate review and subscribe to us if you aren't already doing so yeah do that Oh, is it me? It's me. Don't read the Latin. Or get in that damn car. It's ugly. What the hell is that thing on the hood? It's a <laughs> duck with horns? What is it? You know what horror is?